0: Hello, we are rolling, and welcome to a Fairly Queer podcast. We're queer, we're here, and we're here to be clear about topics that we're going to discuss on today's episode. Yes! So... Um, before we start, we want to let you guys know that this is sort of like a passion project for us. So, if there is any topics that you are particularly interested in us discussing, please let us know via DM on our social media. Uh, you can find me at Nuke Moth on Instagram. That's Nuke as in nuclear warfare and Moth as in Mothra. Nuke Moth at Instagram. And Jeremy, where can they find you to annoy oh you about my. our podcast?
1: Yes. You can send me your wisely um, typed and chosen comments and ideas at my favorite depot for social media. It is at HandsomeJeremy777. I often mouth off using my thumbs at Twitter at OrphicApollo777. And then at Facebook, you can follow, uh, you can just Google or search for Handsome Jeremy. I am at the Handsome Jeremy on Facebook, and also Apollo's Arts and Muses for my magical, whimsical healing and creative collaborations. So, Jeremy, what do you want to talk about today? Now, this is when there would be sound effects whenever we do the go. Today, day,
0: day, boom, bang, boom, bang.
1: Yeah, it would be <laughs> Queer, magic. I want to talk about magic. I want to talk about its relationship to queer folk as broadly and as magically and as rainbow-like as it is. And I want to talk about the history, present state of, and possibilities of what queer magic is in our lives and between one another.
0: Uh, uh, Oh,
1: it's queer magic. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Sam.
0: Jeremy, tell me about queer magic, because I don't know anything about queer magic. So tell me, what is queer magic? What's queer and what's magic? Is it blood magic?
1: (gasps) Is it D&D? Is it voodoo voodoo magic? Is it role-playing? Is it role-playing nerds on the internet trying to be things that- Do we have to go to Hogwarts
0: to learn queer magic?
1: (laughs) No, Sam, queer magic is inside us all. And I know that's a terribly universalist thing to say. But I say that for my experience, for my destiny and mission on Earth, that queer magic is the ability for uniqueness and compassion and um, niches and talents and um, the open-hearted ability to sow families and tribes and communities together. That's the basis of queer magic. It is about the uniqueness and about bringing uniqueness to the community so that we aren't doing what someone else can be doing and we can be doing what is especially right for us. And we have our unique powers, gifts, talents, and paths so that we can be our best While being magical unicorn, fairy, and other kinds of magical creatures associated with being outside the boundaries of the dark, patriarchal hierarchy of domination and oppression and suppression. We are unpluggers of those things. We make that shit end. So that's my prologue on queer magic, Sam.
0: How do we harness our queer magic? If I want to cast a magical queer spell, <gasps> how do I do
1: that? Oh, my gosh. Well, Sam, one of my magical traditions, which, um, you know, magic, magic, magic. Does it
0: require human sacrifice?
1: I would prefer not. Do I need, I th- to, do I need to come in a hole? Um, sometimes that's cute, but um, it's not always necessary. I'm not a butthole, by the way, like a
0: maple hole. I should mention. Oh, that.
1: the maple hole. That's a very specific tradition with specific options, in a spe- in specific places and times. So for me, magic is not really much different than a lot of the upwelling and the blossoming of life coaches and um uh self-development and wisdom traditions all coming to, all coming together and saying the human soul is powerful the human soul is capable of a diverse spectrum of empowerment and love and connectivity and experience that will allow us to both be ourselves, and you know how there are folks in your family or in your communities that just know how to patch up and 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 take on certain roles, or someone knows how to fix something that no one else does. Someone knows how to support or um, um, be... Um, affectionate or be um, a shoulder to cry on and in a special way that no one else knows how to. And the thing about queerness is we're going into LGBTQIABCDFGHIXYZ. And so, like, we know specificity. I I prefer L+. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad you do, Sam. And we'll just leave that at that. But you know, like we're really good at alphabetizing. But what that is, it means that we, we see the unity and diversity, which is such a great cosmic, it's a cosmic pillar that this universe loves the paradox of unity and diversity. And the queer path is a really fun colorful, even if it is challenging and oftentimes tragic and heartbreaking path. The queer path is a magical path, and the magical path can openly embrace this rainbow sense of queerness.
0: I apologize to our listeners if you can hear my squeaky chair. I just want to say that really quickly. It's so, going to need
1: some lubrication, Sam.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, Jeremy, it sounds like you are suggesting that queer magic is not actually like me casting a vodka right?
1: Yeah, it is mostly about self-knowledge and self-development and I am both- using the magical things that are specific to our experience and, and um, making ourselves strong, self-loved and powerful and offering our unique, our unique talents to our communities. Our communities are not exclusively queer, but historically we have found that gender and relationship... Um, unique beings are part of the cement, they're part of the glue that holds ancient communities together.
0: Um, so, okay, with the queer magic thing, by the way, I should mention that, like, there are some queer people in my life that I find very magical. You probably yes. know some of them. So, Jeremy and I met at a very magical location. Yes. Which, which shall not be disclosed because. No. Because we I respect always, it so. We respect it so. And I always make the joke that you can only find it if you already know where it is.
1: La, 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 la. Oh, God. La, Stop la, it. La, la, No. It's like, it's like Never Never Land. It
0: is kind of like a Never Never Land. There are plenty but of Peter like Pansies the there. The queer elders there. Oh, boo, 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 boo. Queer elders. Are we talking about que-
1: queer intergenerationality? We sure are, Jeremy. Because. I think the wonderful and the disorienting thing is that queers are at a unique spot where we can really start sowing the generational divides and hurts that queer youth queer adults and queer elders are all meant to have very powerful supportive and transformative relationships with one one another one of the great cosmic laws is of consent and especially one of the cosmic laws of the material world is boundary there are boundaries there are things we can consent to and not consent to we say This is okay between myself and me. This is okay between myself and one other person. And then this is okay between me and others in my tribe and my group. And the golden rule of so many of our ancient magical traditions is, this is a free will space, but, but, and, I was gonna use band, but, and, we do not interfere or mess up other people's paths there's a non-interference clause very much fundamental to this idea of magic and very much to my experience um, part of the way where amazingly diverse things can be experienced but if you don't want to experience them you can feel safe and empowered to not have to do it if you're not ready for it
0: Well said, Jeremy. Thank you. So when did you sort of have your cathartic, magical, mystical, miracle moment where you were like, oh shit, I have all of this.
1: I love oh shit moments. Oh
0: shit. I have, I'm a magical, mutant miracle person and I have all of this power inside of me that can affect my community, can affect myself, can affect people closest to me can affect the land I live on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yes, Sam. So I would say that a lot of my awakening into the magical, quantum, non-local, spooky, but magical, uh, mystical action at any distance in and outside of space and time is related to when i got to know the radical fairy communities mm-hmm. um i got to know many folks that we are both uh, mutual friends and community with in the greater uh new york brooklyn jersey nashville yes uh atlanta S- san francisco chicago la sometimes S- Indeed, L.A., um, Seattle, Portland, uh, mm, New Orleans, and even oh, definitely New Orleans, Europe, England, occasionally, okay, definitely England, definitely Germany. England. So it is a global phenomenon, and we can all find our gender variant, unique relationship, consent based, a uh, respect based. Um, community almost anywhere there was also that one guy from mars i don't know about that one i prefer venusians fair enough so um i went to my first radical ferry on a on a undisclosed commune in 2011 Isn't even this, though i thought i went in 2010 I is this I your portal story my portal? Is this your portal story?
0: I guess it is. This was your portal. I'm so
1: excited. You've boo, never boo, told boo, me this. Boo, 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 boo. Okay, Everyone's continue. got a portal story when they woke up to being more than they are usually. So, um yeah, I went to a fairy gathering in 2010. It was during the pagan festival of May Day, May 1st, Beltane. And, um after being coaxed, uh, prodded, and coddled for many years by um, fairies on both coasts of the North American United States, I went, I camped, I, I imbibed, I cooked, I washed dishes, I banged drums and made beautiful drum circle music at the bonfire i danced my full body off and on how old were you if i may ask was the first time you went to one of these gatherings i was in my late 20s so it was a very important time for me of transition and it was just magical it was a, a place i knew i had to come again and again and again and again And um, I'm surprised you can come that many times in a row. Well, Sam, when you're around the right kind of people, it's it's just no it's it's no challenge at all. Why not come together? Yeah. At any point over anyone, as long as it's consensual and you don't break the bonds of respect and consent, which are the two most fundamental Laws of a free will universe when you're doing magic in it.
0: Where tell I, me about your magical awakening, oh, Sam. Am I going to tell you my portal story too, Jeremy? Boo, 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 boo. Portal sto- better. P-p-p- portal stories. Portal stories. Portal. portal. So I was a young lad in my early 20s. I'm now in my late 20s. So fresh and so clean, clean, clean cereal box, fresh face, living in New York City. Um, I don't know why I became Southern. Well, I guess I technically am Southern now, but not really. Anyway, um, so I was living in New York City, and I met some wonderful people at the Black Party. Jeremy, do you know what the Black Party is? Have you been to the Black Party? Yeah, maybe one day
1: I'll go when I have the right equipment.
0: I mean, it's not in Manhattan anymore. It's just kind of a bummer. But I was at the Black Party. I was wearing a really, really nice neoprene singlet from Mr. S. Leather. They don't make it anymore, it's really unfortunate. I had like um, a snap-on cod piece and no ass. And I felt like queen of the night. Well, something with your ass hanging out like that, Sam. And I met some people there and they were like, oh, you're really cool. You should come to this magical, wonderful place, which is the place that I met Jeremy too, but that was many, many years later. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, so I did. Um, and I went there, I took, I, I don't know if I took the bus or the plane. I got there. That's the important part. They picked me up at the airport. I went down and we camped and similar situation. I did dishes for like two hours one day because, you know, I wanted to contribute and I hung out with wonderful people, played board games, danced, had a wonderful time and just was around a wonderful and diverse community of queers of all different ages all different sizes all different sexualities and gender uh, identities um, with different paths all from all over the world and all over the united states and it was just a really wonderful place that really opened up my world i mean my world was pretty open from living in manhattan let me tell you but it sort of allowed me access to this world that wasn't connected to a metropolitan city but was still a queer space which was really special especially for me now if you listen to our first episode you should you would know that I am uh, living comfortably um, my dreams in Kentucky you know and I don't live in a big metropolitan city anymore and that was a choice that I made for myself because I knew it was what I needed and was what gonna, was what was going to make me happier so that was my first taste of queer culture really flourishing in a non-metropolitan city or non-metropolitan space, I suppose. So yeah, that's that was my that was my portal. That was my portal story. Yeah.
1: Available on Netflix, Sam's Portal Story. Sam, can we talk a little less about your porthole and a little more about this this magical thing? Which is, I just think you know, I have been encouraged by various teachers and 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 various learning to. Um, to say that unpredictability um, is favored by the universe. Some of those uh, folks in the ancient world of Rome would say fortune favors the brave. So bravery is a queer virtue. Courage is a queer virtue. And the willingness to hear stories and not try to um, project your reality or any of your latent projections or explicit projections and dogmas onto someone else. The ability to be in a symphonic relation and orchestrated, oh, I hear what you're doing, I'll pass that along. That's your theme, that's not mine. That's, I think, a reason why, as a witch, classical music is a very witchy thing for me. We have a music episode which you are most free and encouraged to listen to.
0: Oh, we do. We do, Sam. I was like, Sam had a
1: blonde moment because he's really quite bleachy blonde right now. Well, because
0: when you said music episode, I was like, we didn't like do an episode with music in it. And I was like, oh, but we talked about music. We talked
1: about music, Sam. Oops. 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 So for me, I believe that queerness comes about from the gathering of souls to listen to one another, to um, freely share with the knowledge that everyone is recognized and everyone gets tagged. This came from this person. This tradition came from this thing or these people at this time. And no one discredits or does not credit one another so we can have a sense of both oral and visual and heard and um, a a multidimensional sense of history. I'm very interested in how queerness can transcend, but need not. But I like the transcending. I like the queer transcending stream. And so maybe in just a moment we can take a break. And then we can talk a bit more about how historically and in our own present time, queer communities are transcending a lot of these things that a lot of other communities are finding troublesome or, outs- or outside their binary programming and their dualism. And we have the ability to synthesize, open our hearts, and create um, truly uh, compassionate, and community-centered platforms for. How does that sound, Sam?
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: Good plan, Sam. We're going to be right back with the next level of queer magic here on the Fairly Queer Podcast. Bye.
0: Jeremy, you forgot to record. A musical break for this episode. So I am doing it while I edit. With some royalty-free music I found on YouTube. Thank you, listeners, for listening to our episode. And now let's
1: get back to the episode right now. Do, 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 do.
0: We're back, 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 back again with a Fairly Queer podcast. This is Sam. And
1: this is Jeremy. Welcome back as we get deep, deep, deeper. So deep. Prehistoric, but not really. Well, maybe a little bit. I think so, Sam. I think there's moments in magic where you have to let go of all your academical training, like I had to when um, grad school and my radical fairy life were kind of doing this crazy, this crazy witchy tango with one another. So I love history. I love prehistory. I love oral history. I love, I love history. oral history. Oh, Sam, if you want some oral history, we can make some oral history at some <laughs> other point in the, in the future, Sam. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to uh, turn people's attention to a foundational book with a great bibliography and a great point, which is Blossom of Bone by Randy Connor. And this book provides a wonderful survey of um, the written and otherwise mentions of folks like ourselves. Folks who in ancient Druidic cultures, in ancient Japan and China and ancient Africa, in ancient um, Turtle Island, as the indigenous called the Americas before Vespucci, came and gave it a stupid ass name. So in all the continents, in all the cultures, gender variants relationships of various creatures with various souls have existed they have been respected or they at least have been given a special ritual and ceremonial role by which society was kept in balance and the dualism and the binaries are not they just are not a successful pass path to balance it's incomplete so us queer folks with our multiple genders and our multiple relationships uh, or multiple relationship styles and multiple relationship um, dynamics, we can help glue and sew communities of multiple genders and sexualities and roles together. That's really the point. So in terms of like historically how
0: we look at queers. Yes. It's an interesting dichotomy that we live in today as things become more and more accepted and more and more normalized because- Ooh, that word. Ooh, normalized. Oh gosh. We, I think we can all agree that it is on the forefront of people's you know, knowledge now, transgender rights, gay rights, all of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, We're really making progress, which is great. But the reality of the situation is that these people, us and our comrades have always existed and have always been present it's just now that we're making sort of more progress than i think i mean in my opinion we ever have right
1: right so if we if we start um time traveling i want everyone to hold on we're gonna try and time travel ready (laughs) (laughs) oh my god where are we jeremy we are in a time-traveling machine. Oh. Some places that we can see on our multiple screens are the 1920s in Berlin, in Germany, after oh, World War I. That sounds great. I, I love Coco Chanel. Other places are... Various generations of indigenous Turtle Island peoples Holy between shit. the 19th century and prehistory. Other places we can go are the pubs of early modern London in the late 1600s and the 1700s. We can go to various underground court cultures of Europe between the 19th century and the pre aristocratic. What was it like
0: being a Europe. fag in the
1: Middle Ages? Well, uh, okay, Sam. We're going time traveling. Is there a place in your ancestry where you, where your ancestors will have would have been in, say, eleven hundred? No. <laughs> After the Common Era. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Okay. I don't know. Mostly Jewish. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Love you. <laughs> so, Sam, what no, I we were looking at each other's DNA and we sure were. Which is pretty intimate when you get right down to I it. I know. I was so looking at your Let's pick I was looking at your DNA, Jeremy. Oh dang. Mm. So we're gonna do a triangulation, Sam. How about we do Ireland eleven hundred?
0: Okay, that works. Why don't
1: we also do
0: Sorry, I just dropped my drink. Everything's
1: fine. We'll also do um, the uh, Provençal-Ocetan of the medieval period, 1100. And let's go to, say, Eastern Europe, where some of our DNA coexisted. Oh, that
0: sounds fun. Right. I would love a vacation.
1: Yeah. So let's start in Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe was, 900 years ago, still a very um feudalistic. We say that there are there are folks um who ran things and then people who ran them. So in the medieval period in Eastern Europe and the uh Ural Asian areas, there was still this deeply entrenched idea of um of feudal rulers and serfs. Serfs were basically slaves who got housing And a tiny stipend.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the feudal system, right? Everything was controlled by the king, and the king owned everything, and he would give land and control property for the people that would send him, say, grain or whatever they would produce on their land. Everything was actually owned by the imperial family.
1: Right. Just
0: like Game of Thrones. (sighs) Don't watch season eight.
1: Um But the thing is, Sam, just because the system exists, it doesn't mean everyone agreed or abided by the system. The queering of history is that we have always been there. So we have been witches who have, we have been the healers with our herbs and our potions. We have been the community leaders who have brought to people's attention that, um, things are unjust and that humans don't need to be treated this way. But those people don't always get talked about because they may only exist in the oral history and no one wants to write about someone who's fucking up the system, right? We need to be very aware that a lot of our ancestors are not written about and not talked about because they were taken off the, the oral and written historical records. History is written by the winners. Generally. uh, But the, but the problem is, the oh, wonderful problem Not is, winners,
0: by the way, like, oh, you're a winner. You're great. Like winners, like, you actually won. Like you're right, the winner of the like people, a war. You're like just like right. powerful and rich. Not like, you know what I mean? Okay. Right. Just want to clarify.
1: Yeah. But the queering of history is knowing that through all races and all classes and all cultures that we have existed, we may choose or not choose to express ourselves to the full extent because of the legal and cultural and religious ramifications of being our true selves. So, sorry neoliberal academics, but we have always existed and we have not always been spoken of. Except, you know, there are Romans that said the Celts were a a little too, uh, you know, sexy with their own genders. And, and, you know, why are the guys going with the guys when the women are so pretty, too? The Romans couldn't understand this, but they also didn't want to admit that they were engaged in, in the, some of this same sort of um, sexual dynamics, right? So
0: how do you feel about ancient Greece then? Because as I understand from like a pop culture standpoint, homosexuality was pretty rampant in, uh, in ancient Greece.
1: Well, in the ancient world, Sam, let's think of it the less The bathhouses, you know. We need to think of it less as a romantic relationship and more as dynamics of education, training, and power. Power, really. And, you know, many academics, I will give you credit, Michel Foucault had some points. But we aren't dealing with the fully intellectual philosophical world. We're dealing with, with lived lives... We're dealing with personalities that can be as rich and as dynamic as we are now. Why are souls from 4,000 years ago any less developed than we are now? You know, so take it that there are families that have an economic and political interest in ancient Athens or ancient Sparta, and how are the young men going to um, know how to engage with one another. Sex was a rite of passage. The intergenerational sex that we have all these Christian Puritan notions of was just not the same in the ancient Mediterranean lands. Things were wilder, but they also just had different systems, different rules, and if we are fooled by a false Darwinian system of cultural evolution, evolution happens in any amount of slowness or radical quickness and upheaval. Revolution is evolution, but it happens radically fast, right? I want everyone to really get that. So for queer or gender variant and relationship non-traditional, but even the pederasty between young men, and the thing is, we don't. No one's just saying, "Oh yeah." There's specific laws that a um, Grecian youth had to be sixteen before they went into a ritual relationship with a um, a Grecian male adult in order to receive both um, sexual training, training experience, and um cultural knowledge about how society goes and understanding that when you are intimate with someone that you may feel an emotional and anatomical and other um, bonds and responsibilities that go both ways. If the youth feels that the adult is going to take care of them, then there's a bond of of trust and respect and safety, that isn't always how it goes, though. Sometimes it's a power dynamic where these older guys would traumatize and um and suppress the idealistic um, versions of relationships. So this is just one fairly controversial example of that. What we know and what the little little archaeological written and otherwise slices and pieces of reality in the sand in the dirt of our relationships with one another in certain cultures at certain times means is that relationships are complicated there are different rules that change over different generations as one empire conquers another and as one culture takes over or impresses itself or opens itself up to another. So this is, we've spent a number of episodes saying that we are not into right and wrong. We are into fair. We want some clarity and we want some real talk about the dynamics of intergenerational queer relationships. Now that doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's healthy. But it does mean that we have to be consenting and we have to be aware of the dynamics of when queer folk, all of us unicorns and dragons and fairies and whatever magical out of the box creatures we are, how we deal with one another, how we connect and relate and support one another that was one way that had its ups and downs in ancient Greece and there are many examples in this wonderful book um blossom of bone that give records of the different dynamics of relationships it ain't all cute and it ain't all what we agree with but it they are historical realities
0: so I've never heard of this book blossom of
1: bones what is it about like tell me a little bit about it Sure, sure. It was recommended to me uh, by my wonderful magical witch sis, Miss Summer Minerva, um, and Randy Connor really goes through different cultures over history, and that there is evidence of us. There is evidence of us much further back than all of this pop culture, Cosmo. Oh, being gay started, you know, like 100 years ago. And before then, we were just medicalized and we were were talked about and framed and categorized in ways that maybe were not um, accurate, but became what was written and published. That's a really big takeaway, right? Just because it's written and published doesn't mean it's accurate, my dears. So that's part, that's part of my queer magic is being, is being able to queerly and clearly filter what is a bunch of cishet bullshit and what is actually a loving human um, response to what to support us, that um, people find us magical, non, not, not sick, not pathologized, fully empowered witchy ass queers. And it's not the same story for everyone. For some of us, it has been a really hard, uh, uh, grueling, uh, you know, bloodletting journey and that needs to be said and that needs to be loved and respected and recognized. But, it, but the more we find ways of empowering ourselves and finding the information and making the choices that empower us, we're going to kick some major awesome ass and be such a force of change in the world. So that's what knowing our history and knowing that we've always been around is about.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's a really important thing to remember is that, you know, having your unique self and understanding your unique self and how it can affect positively, not in a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A lot of people I feel like, feel like in the queer community, you know, how, there's, there's some there's a level of threat that they mm-hmm. feel in terms of people not understanding them yeah. or not accepting them. But when you understand and accept your own queer magic and how you harness this power within you that you can use and it can change things around you for the better, it can challenge people's perspective, and it can really shape your environment, that's a really wonderful thing. And you'll be surprised how much power that
1: that holds, you know. Indeed, yeah. Absolutely. Indeed, Sam. So I, I, I again bring us back to tying our, uh, I guess, final comments and final final and, comments and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> final no. thoughts about, about again, like queer people, we strike unique relationships. We live with. We live live with and among each other. We challenge social
0: norms and constructs. We challenge archetypes that are placed upon us. You don't have to be if you're a woman, you don't have to be sitting at a stovetop with your feet in a jacuzzi tub because you're there all day. If you're a man, you don't have to be, you know, nailing, you know, a roof down. And if you're a gay man, you don't have to not be nailing the roof down. You can be fixing plumbing and doing hard labor or you can be doing you know be a dancer be a ballerina or be whatever you want to be you know it's about challenging norms and challenging archetypes and being whomever you truly are
1: right because the people who put these things down have an agenda and agendas are fine as long as the people who were part of them consent to them which goes back to the magical laws of consent and engaging and a balance of our free will to do as we imagine and desire and wish and not interfering with other people's paths. That's hard. It's a really sophisticated, wonderful, magical challenge that we have here on earth as all sorts of creature beings. So I just want to send a lot of love and compassion and courage and encouragement out there that there is a way for each of us to strike the queer fire um, that is fed by our queer breath and our queer air that can be um, managed and given life by queer life waters and that we can be grounded in our mother who is just as flippin' queer as any of us. Like a queer Earth. Why don't we just end on that? What's a queer Earth? Oh my god. Earth Earth is so queer. They're amazing. I know she usually goes by sheep, but I just want to give her a they moment. Gaia is such a queen. She's so diverse. How many ecosystems do we have? Fragile yet powerful ecosystems. And some of these animals don't mate. These animals and plants in nature, they don't have these normalized, cute, scrubbed ways of bonding with each other, making new generations of one another. You know, like think of the fungi, think of ferns, think of strange deep sea creatures and <laughs> and penguins who who choose whichever they gender they want and maybe they can't or can't Is make penguin babies. I mean, we hear the stories all the time. If we are going to do a deeply researched episode, you let us know what you'd like deeply plunged into so, for a so research episode. This is
0: kind of random, but I want to say it anyway. In Game of Thrones, <gasps> the books uh, specifically, dragons change their gender. So if you need a female dragon, a male
1: dragon will turn into a female dragon. Or vice versa? Keep shifting Sam. Most shamanic and indigenous cultures said, yeah, this happens because you got to... If you work with the energies of these animals and plants, then you can level with them. And if they allow you, if you have a healthy relationship with plants and animals and the earth, you can experience what it's like to be like them. The closest thing we even can... Kind of describe is when people choose to take substances and then go on consciousness adventures. Mm, but, we've, my but we've been going on consciousness adventures with safety, with guidance for thousands of years. And so it's just a little tail end to this whole idea that queerness is about breaking through these unnecessary, old fashioned, suppressed suppressing and oppressing hierarchies we don't need this shit anymore and the queer family on earth is around to elevate and expand us all into a new golden age of being i truly believe that i think that is a wonderful
0: and inspiring place to end today's episode
1: yeah
0: yeah Yes. what was the thing they were saying earlier yeah 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 yes um my name is sam and i'm jeremy we are a fairly queer podcast we are two queers and we're fairies and we're fair and we're queer and a lot of other words in this podcast
1: and another bunch of wordless concepts by which we expand and transcend the usual boundaries of things we don't need words we just need one another
0: exactly Um, You can find us on our social medias. I'm Nuke Moth. That is nuke as in nuclear warfare and moth as in Mothra. Nuke Moth. Find um, pictures of myself. Pictures of horses occasionally. Pictures of random shit that I find in Kentucky. Um,
1: And that's about it. Yes. And I am on my favorite depot of social media at handsome jeremy 777 instagram at handsome jeremy 777 you might see me mouthing off magical wisdoms at a uh twitter site near you i am at Orphic apollo 777 and my facebook uh spots are at the handsome jeremy and apollo's arts and muses and just to reiterate,
0: if you have any concepts, queries, anything that you would like us to discuss in Cuddly future... topics. Oh, yeah. Anything that you want us to talk about in future podcasts, please let us know via social media. You can DM us, and we will um, consider it. Please do slide in. Oh, yeah. Slide into our DMs. You know how we feel about that.
1: Uh... Oh, Yeah. All right, Sam, it's been a pleasure. Let's, uh, let's Jeremy, check out been, for the
0: night. It's been a privilege and an honor.
1: What privilege?
0: <laughs> okay, I think it's time to go. <laughs>
1: okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Until next time. Uh, ciao, Bella.